Kibia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Yes, hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, uh, a place where Joey and Palmer is unfortunately getting all too used to in the last few races. Ooh. <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, I am your host, Thomas King, and joined by my co-hosts, Chris Evans and Stu Greenwood. Hello. Hi. 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 I noticed you got a new uh, a new theme tune, Tom. Do you like it? <laughs> I like, it? I like, I like uh, Perez's pace or his face. I'm pace sure and both. face. Yeah. A combination of the two. They are part of a package, so I like both. <laughs> yeah, his pace does come with his face. <laughs> pace so consistent that he's managed to finish in the points 15 races on the bounce now. That's nice. damn impressive. Mm. 15. I believe that's right. I hope it's right. So I'm going to look like, stupid if it's not right. It's like two thirds <laughs> of a season. Yeah. Yeah. No, or a whole old season. No, three yeah, quarters of a three season. Three quarters of a season. Or oh, yes, a whole um, sort of 90s season. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on the agenda today, boys? Um, we'll do a little bit of a, just a general news roundup, bits and pieces, and then we'll get straight into the race and stuff. But the first thing on the list was the new, almost NASCAR-esque numbers on the cars and what our thoughts are. I think they're cool. Generally look good. Yeah, overall, yeah. I, I'd say I'm. I'm. Uh, it's much obviously much easier to pick out who's who now. Yeah, it's quite which nice. is nice. Definitely, I think Ferrari have definitely done the best job with them. It's quite Hands sort down. of old school, like sort of the number inside a shape of some description. Yeah, the border yeah. they look really nice. Mercedes ones with the flag on the fin look a little bit, a bit rushed to me. Yeah, yeah, very. I don't know. Making use of. Making use of something that they've not got anything on, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose most of them are. But, yeah. but at least I think I think we said this like weeks and weeks ago. Yep. Using the fins as a thing to put the numbers on just works really well. Yep. Mm. Even Red Bull have finally stuck a fin on the car and then slapped some big numbers on it. And yeah, and the tail to the bull as well. Yeah, uh, it looks they've, really cool. They've reattached the bull's yeah. tail. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I liked. The little twist that Renault put on it, where they use the um, the abbreviation of the name in the fin, and some teams seem to have gone for like a hybrid of of both. Some have got the uh, the abbreviations, some have got the numbers, and some have got both. And some teams have also done a really bad job of it. <laughs> as I can, well, I can think of one. Yeah. Go on. Um... <laughs> If you look at the Force India from the front or the side, you literally cannot see any numbers on it. Yeah, because everything's on the damn top. <laughs> and on the damn forehead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, unless you're looking at it from a helicopter, uh, you're not going to see what number, who is who. So you, you're still relying on helmets, really, with Force India. And then, and even believe... then it's a very pinkish shade of red on a pink car. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of can't see them very well anyway. So it must try harder, I think, is in order for Force India there. Yeah, well, the uh, stewards agree, don't they? <laughs> yes, it would appear that way. We'll see what comes of that, but yeah. See, uh, Brundle made a good point about it. I think it was like during um, qualifying order at some point, but he said, why have they all just got them in ridiculous 
vastly different places to each other. It's like you've kind of got some on the um, on the fins, you've got some on the side pods, you've got some on the airbox above the driver, and like everyone's got them in a different place. He said it's fine for him because he knew who everybody was anyway. But <laughs> when you start looking at like it from a fan's perspective of why the numbers are there, you're trying to first of all find out where the number is on the car to work out who it is, and then it's pointless because. It, I don't know, it just wants to be uniform, I think. Just like a set area, it's got to be here. And yeah. style it if you want to style it, but it's got to be in this location so that it's easy for everyone. Yeah. That, but at the same time, sense. it's quite nice that they've all sort of got a bit of personality to it and all do it in their own way that matches the car kind of thing. I think I think that bit of it, I like. Like, I love the Ferrari one, like you were saying. Ferrari one's awesome. And I kind of like the idea that Renault have gone for with the the abbreviations and yeah. stuff, but I just I don't like McLaren's either. McLaren's is a bit of a weird one, a bit like um, Force India's, where it's not obvious where it is. It's kind of on the side of the airbox above the driver's head, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the placement of it isn't good. I think as a design, I think it's actually okay. I quite like the little hit the the the, the national flag they've put into it. Yes, and what definitely. is what is hilarious about the McLaren one is that Van Dor says Van on it. Which is uh, <laughs> quite apt for, for <laughs> about a, as yeah, fast as a yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, and while sort of Force India have become quite eccentric in this opening five or ten minutes or so, <laughs> uh, there's been rumours this week that Bernie was going to buy them and rebrand them uh, back to Brabham. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> thoughts. I, I, maybe maybe they'll uh, get more money if uh, if Bernie buys them. Maybe they'll find a way of sort of getting some of that sweet Ferrari dollar that's been uh, <laughs> yeah some years. legacy team bonus yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just I don't know that just sounds like something to fill a slow news day doesn't it I think it was but Bernie himself laughed it off on the grid when he was talking to Martin Brundle and um, he, he was joking saying you could come and drive for me if I do Martin you can have your old <laughs> job back. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't think there's much in it. Well, there was rumours about him um, buying Manor as well, wasn't there, Handle last season? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it have been great if he had? I think it'd be interesting to see him buy an entry and maybe just start a fresh team up and, like, reinstate the Brabham name to a new team or something. That'd Mm. be interesting. Yeah, kind of go back to... Because that's sort of where he started in. Yeah. Yeah, He he, he he drove briefly, didn't he? It did drive. I think he did. I don't know if he drove in Formula One. No, I don't think so. But he certainly raced briefly, and then yeah, it, it was like it, it was sort of team management whilst doing yeah. his um, used car sales, and that's what made his money. And he, he started investing in the team and yeah. kind of snowballed up from there. Really, definitely yeah. wasn't the great train robbery. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. No, ne- never ask. Never ask him about that. <laughs> um. And then the other sort of little bit of news that we had going into the weekend was that there was a new uh, clutch paddle for Ferrari on the back of the wheel to copy a Mercedes setup, apparently to make starts better. Um, which it was, I don't know if either of you saw it, but it was just kind of a short, very small uh, clutch paddle on the back of yeah. the wheel to copy, as I say, the Mercedes one. But it's what has enabled the Mercedes to have the better starts this season compared to the troubles that Hamilton seemed to be having last year. So, 
Yeah, which is interesting because last year Ferrari were the first ones to have quite a long paddle across the back when they banned the double yeah. paddle system, and that seemed to help them out. So it's interesting mm. they're going back to that system now. Yeah, yeah. I don't really can. I don't understand how a shorter paddle can make things easier. Yeah, because surely with a shorter paddle, there's less movement, and you and you're making that that small area where you've got the bite even smaller. You would think so. But Either that or they've adjusted the pedal to such a degree that it's pretty much you maybe. pull it and it's in bite, but maybe. you still got to find it and set it up before and haven't you? I don't I'm I'm not uh, quite sure how the new systems work, to be brutally honest with you, compared to the old ones, but you used to have to obviously find your bite point and set it, didn't you? And then, then it was done for you and you didn't have to worry about it, and that's all the stuff that's been taken away. Yeah. So maybe it simulates that kind of process somehow. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, okay, I've just found the answer. Go. So last year, the long paddle allowed them, as you say, to like have a bit more uh, space to kind of find the bite point. But because the rules have changed now that has a limit on the amount of movement the clutch can make, um, it completely negated the advantage the long paddle had. There we go. Oh, there we go then. That's that one. Thanks, Chris. It can only move 50 millimetres now as opposed to 80 before, so that's why they've done it. Right. Oh, wow. Hmm. 80 millimetres is such a long way for your fingers yeah. to travel. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't realise it was 80 millimetres. Surely yeah. they can't... Anyway, I'm getting boring now. Um, <laughs> but hey, we're the podcast that also educates. Entertain and educate. <laughs> Are we? Damn. Um, <laughs> well, I say that now, but... Yeah, the lowest, the lowest budget... Ec- education you could possibly <laughs> <laughs> um, so with this new clutch obviously Ferrari headed into practice um, but the highlight of practice surely was the fact that Alonso barely managed a lap oh, yeah so Ooh. bad and was hemorrhaging liquids from oh, I've never seen so car. much liquid come out of a car <laughs> just no. pouring out of the back yeah. of it yeah, it was bizarre. Just so complete endings, engine seas as well, though. As well. home race yeah, as well. Yeah, it was actually quite a nasty... Um, well, could have been quite a nasty accident because his yeah. rear axle yeah. was completely locked up um, and he just was sent, you know, into a spin backwards into the gravel. Yeah. And yeah, really, really sketchy stuff. Really nasty. Yeah. Uh, went off to play tennis instead of hanging <laughs> yeah. around. Oh, he just left immediately, didn't he? Yeah. The guy's a personality, you got to give him that. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good look, though, is it, to have one of your drivers sticking pictures on Instagram of him playing tennis with someone while practice is still going on. Like, Yeah. It's he, just he, more evidence that he kind of runs that team now. Yeah, he like, is the godfather of McLaren, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. It's, a, it's at what point as well do McLaren maybe draw a line on that and say, look, Fernando, we, we yeah. know that things aren't going well, but like enough is enough. Yeah. We've got an image to maintain. Mm. Well, that's the other thing. Speaking of image, he was walking around the paddock in his own um, clothing brand as well, <laughs> yes. which is like, you know, loads of drivers have got kind of stuff like that going on, but they all still wear the team gear because it's, you know, sponsorships and stuff. And he's just like walking around in his own stuff and... They're just it, not gonna. It smacks of a man who's seriously losing the will. Which yeah. It's like you know when you've got a job. I don't know if you've ever been through this, but if when you've got a job and you're like in your last week of your job, because <laughs> you, 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 you. in theory you've found another job and you're moving on. 
Mm. It seems like that to me. <laughs> like his behaviour is that of someone who just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. This maybe there's something we all don't know about that he's got in a pipeline. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean he keeps saying like if he doesn't think he's gonna be fighting for wins next year, like come and get me to the other team, so Yeah. yeah. I mean speaking of um McLaren's clothing, I actually looked up who their like clothing people were. Um, they have two. Uh, they have Michael Kors, who are the official lifestyle partner. Um, and New Era, who are... Let me get the name exactly right. New Era are the official authentic headwear provider. Oh. That makes sense. I wondered what... Because not many teams actually use New Era for the caps, do they? I think yeah, it's them it's and Red Bull, and that's more, about it. More of a rallycross thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's like, can't they just have the people that make their clothes, they have to have the official authentic headwear provider. It's like yeah. the most McLaren name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Let, let's make hats sound really official. <laughs> Job well done. Yeah. Forget about trying to build a Formula One car yeah, that yeah. can get in the points. Let's just make our branding sound awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's the McLaren bashing done for this week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there's more to come. Um... There's plenty more where that came from. Um, hard tyre was basically pointless this week. I don't know if you noticed that in practice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why Pirelli decided to bring that, I have no idea. There, there seems to be a leaning towards bringing, uh, n- not using the hard tyre at all for the rest of the season. They seem to yes, as a as a point because of how terrible it was here. They thought there isn't going to be nowhere else that is going to be usable. It wasn't used so. in the race at all. Not a single driver put. I'm not surprised. On. I don't think it was used during quality at all either. No. For that same reason. Barely anyone used a medium from memory in quality. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about, obviously, Alonso disappearing. Um, the only other sort of notable thing from practice was the fact that Bottas had to swap to a four-race-old engine that had been used at all the races up to now due to some electrical issues with the engine he was going to be using. Um, and... We sort of said before we got anywhere that that might cause him some problems. And mm. as we'll discover later, it kind of did. So do you think that's the preferential thing to do is to use an engine that's that old? Because they've used that into the race weekend as well, haven't they? Yeah. Normally they use older engines for practice, then we'll switch to a new one for quality and race, aren't they? Yeah, but for mm. what? Un- unless there's yeah, a limit to how many have been brought across or something, I don't know. I guess so, yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe we're supposed to install the new engine, then move to this one for a few sessions, like FP2, FP3, and then go back to the new one for quality in the race or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems the, weird. The idea, the, the idea was to have him on the newer engine for quality in the race, but there was yeah. a problem with it, wasn't there? And that yeah. led him to to. Uh, Lumped with the old one. Keep the old one. Yeah. Um, but speaking of quality and engines, uh, Vettel in qualifying, oh. or sorry, in the lead up to qualifying, also had to have an engine swap out, just literally in the time between FP3 and quality. They had to get it all sw- switched out due to um, a bit of a water leak. And he just about made it out in Q1, but he was then told to stop on track as he went out and smartly i would say and using his cool logic of knowing the world of f1 as well as he does decided to question the 
the pit wall telling him to stop and um, brought it round, changed a few settings and managed to quite easily get through into Q2. But is that just a sign of a, a season world champion, that really? He also yeah. said another reason he questioned it was when the radio message came in, he had just passed like uh, Marshall's post. So he either way, he was going to keep driving until he got to the next one. And that yeah. just kind of luckily gave him enough time to question it and them to say, oh, actually, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I found so if he had radioed quite... in like 50 metres further down the road, he might have stopped anyway. Yeah. yeah. What I found quite hilarious about um, the, the way it sort of transpired on track was that he'd literally just shown you seconds before hit a radio message from him to the team saying, oh, thanks for your hard work, guys. Yeah. That feels good <laughs> in, in Italian. And uh, then <laughs> with almost comic timing, the response is... <laughs> Yeah, you need to stop the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, Kvyat surprisingly was um, eight-tenths of a second off science in Q1 and ended up towards the back, well, last, uh, which was a bit of a surprise, I thought. I don't know what you guys thought of that, but... It's a big gap between teammates, isn't it? I mean, he's not yeah. having the best season, but... Yeah. The, yeah, the rest... seem last on the grid doesn't quite seem right. No. Yeah, they must have had some issues, I think, for those two. Because they, mm-hmm. they definitely didn't perform the way you'd expect them to perform in qualifying. No. Based on what we've seen so far this season, anyway. But then That's there's true. a lot of progress in Barcelona by a lot of teams. So Yeah, the um, the rest of them, you could sort of say, were as you'd expect almost in Van Dorn, Stroll, Palmer and Ericsson. They were the others that went out in Q1. Anything that was a bit of a shock or that you were surprised about there? Oh. It's pretty half the course, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd expect a stroll to have maybe got out into Q2 at least, but... Yeah. He should the be only doing one. that, but mm. it's not a huge surprise when he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Alonso, during Q2, pulled off just something ridiculous and managed to drag that McLaren into Q3. <sighs> It's insane what you can do with that car, isn't it? Mm. He's a yeah. talent. He's it's... gonna go far. <laughs> kids, kids got skills. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they were actually. I was looking at the times posted, and he was actually the same gap. He's basically, if you look at the gaps, the times from pole for last year and pole for this year, and the amount of time gained um, between the two seasons Alonso's gained the exact same amount of time as what pole so that car you could say has gained three seconds they're both three seconds faster than last seasons and interesting it's quite interesting isn't that it? is yeah it's like but, a steady yeah. pace of progress yeah but yeah like when Van Dorn and the other McLaren is 19th and yeah. Alonso's oh, dragging yeah, yeah. it all the way to Q3. It's. I think it's definitely more Alonso than the car. That's. Oh yeah, there. it's got to be. It's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I think there was what you can do. Um, I think. I do remember hearing something, um, sort of post qualifying, and I genuinely can't remember if it was a comment about his Q2 time or his Q3 time, <laughs> but it was to do with him and the team managing to watch the wind of all things and hit the track at exactly the right time in order to get 
because he had he had a purple sector one for a, quite a while, I think, during one of the qualifying sessions. And the reason That's being insane. is that they'd, they'd somehow managed to time it perfectly with the wind. They got a huge tailwind down the uh, start finish straight into turn one. Then obviously the car that's got the good chassis that it has and the good setup that it has has been good for him through turns one, two, three, four, and so on. You know that first section. Mm. So it's kind of a combination of just expert timing with the weather, <laughs> using a little uh, a bit of divine intervention almost, and just <laughs> skill and a good chassis. I think. So. Um, any any surprises for you guys in who we lost? Not there were no big names dropping out, were there? Really? No. no. Ver, again, pretty was, standard. Yeah, Verline, Grosjean, Hulkenberg, Science, and Magnussen. I think in a real, well, I say realistic scenario, it was realistic. But I think on another day, it'd have possibly been Hulkenberg that was in the top ten and not Alonso, just because the the tracks are not very power restricted, is it really? Um, yeah. It is all about chassis and aero and stuff at, at Barcelona. So I think on another day, Alonso wouldn't have been able to pull off the miracles he did and we'd have maybe seen Hulkenberg in the top 10. But other than that, that's about it. So, But Alonso actually managed to completely out-qualify Perez, Ocon and Massa in Q3. It's insane. Yeah. Like, that's three very quick cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, you just well, in com- especially in comparison, we've got cars. They're beating cars with Mercedes engines in them. Yeah, yeah. he do, he does it every week. He's now he seems to do something spectacular with that disaster of a car. It's oh, it's just frustrating, isn't it, that he is in such a bad car and he has to like do these miracles to get anywhere. It's just it's not even the car that's bad though, is it? It's the engine. It's purely engine that's yeah. letting him down. Like you it really can tell, is. like it's it's widely believed now, isn't it? That that car, the car, the chassis itself. We've said it numerous times on here. That that's a damn good car in the corners. Mm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, like I say, I think that that qualifying performance at that track is kind of reflecting that because it's a track where it's ideal to extract that kind of performance out yeah. of the car, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that would pretty much summed up quali we obviously ended up with Hamilton on pole uh, with Vettel splitting the Mercs putting Bottas and Kimi on an all finished second row and then Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo in that order made it a Red Bull third row Hmm. kind of didn't see what we expected from the Red Bulls did we? No if anything they seem slightly further back Mm. yeah quite downbeat haven't they been this weekend as well so much for the uh, the B-spec car yeah. Yeah, the RB14 has not <laughs> appeared. And if it has, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were right to play it down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, they still still ahead of Force India though. I didn't see Force India really gain on them in any respects like what Force India were hoping for. So maybe they've both just made the same kind of steps. Yeah, possibly. Mm. So, it looks that way. But they were saying that Newey's now focused solely on the F1 car rather than the Aston Martin project. So that could maybe see some improvements in coming weeks, but who knows? Mm. Who knows? We will see. Time will tell. Indeed. Uh, Should we move on to race? Let's do it. Yeah. So um, Vettel's new 
fancy clutch paddle didn't seem to make much of a difference as his initial start was fairly average, I, I would say, personally. Um, but the second phase of it see, saw him actually power his way past Hamilton and lead into the first corner, which maybe maybe the clutch was doing more than I thought. I don't know. <laughs> Hamilton didn't seem to do that much defending, really, did he? No, Vettel I think he maybe knew. up alongside him. He knew that it because... I don't know, was he... I'm trying to think if, off the top of my head if he was distracted from defending Bottas or anything Possibly, else. Possibly, yeah. It almost feels like you're on, You're at more of an advantage for starting on the second row at this track because the run down to the first corner is so long. Yeah, the toe's get, so powerful this year yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, you just get drafted and, and they th- get around you. Yeah, it's, it's one of those circuits where it's never been known for overtaking, has it? It's always been quite of a... Not a procession, but very limited in terms yeah. of overtaking. Yeah. And measures like the moving the DRS zone backwards and making it longer, which Vettel was quite strongly against, may I point out. <laughs> um, but things like that is obviously them trying to play around with it a little bit. But because of the nature of the new era on the cars, it is definitely um, the the drag reduction of being behind another car and the tour that you get behind being another car is even more prominent this year, isn't it? Especially down that huge straight that you've got. Hmm. So maybe yeah. maybe that's what got Vettel to where he was. An in- interesting statistic, there were 44 on-track passes last season in the race. Um, and does... I do not know how many on-track passes we've had this race because I do. We've not had. Oh yes, hey! I didn't want to like sort of put any pressure on. <laughs> I felt responsible um, for finding out. But go on, Chris. There were actually less this year. I think this might be the first race with less overtakes than the previous year. There were only it 30, is. only thirty-six this year. Oh, um, of week, how many would have uh, gone? Eighteen with DRS, <laughs> so half. Mm. Yeah. Ish. There um, were some good moves though. <clears throat> There yeah, were there some good moves. It's Definitely. kind of it's continuing that trend of there being overtakes in places where there haven't been for the previous few years as well. Yeah, and the the thing that I think the DRS moving backwards probably achieved, which we'd have probably seen less overtake if it wasn't for it moving backwards, is moving it backwards gave people a longer run to actually put themselves in a position into turns one and two. Yeah. Whereas I think if they'd have left the DRS where it was, we'd have seen people coming up just short behind someone and just having to tuck in behind them for turns one and two. And even down to and, turn, turn four as well. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like we were seeing um, people moving, making the move on the straight. I don't think any of them were from, from memory. It was, it no. was at least in the braking zone for the corner, which is what you want. Uh, I know we're we're a bit fifty fifty about how we feel about DRS for multiple reasons, but at least it's not that horrible China incident where you get people just literally going side by side and overtaking one another. That's yeah. where it's not good. There are also yeah. two on track passes for the lead as well, which hasn't happened that much this year. Yeah. 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 It's been Both more of a strategy thing, hasn't it? As well. Very good moves, the pair, yeah. I mm. thought. Yeah, quality over quantity again, do we think? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which I'll take. I, I thought it was an exciting race overall. Generally entertained by it. I think it's yeah. the best Spanish Grand Prix I've seen in years. 
I think ever. I'm gonna possibly I'm ever gonna go there. Ever? Oh, actually, last year's was electrifying. <laughs> See, I actually think I prefer this year's to last year's, to be honest. It was definitely as the race went on. It was much more tense than last year's. It was super exciting just to watch the chase. Yeah, yeah definitely. The- the thing with last year's is it was it was entertaining and interesting because the Mercs obviously took themselves yeah. out, but it was there was kind of a point where it was just last year should I say where it was just can Verstappen make the tires last? Can can he hold on to it? Like and you were just watching his driving skill on on wearing tires um, and just trying to pull it off. So it's it was exciting last year, but. I don't, I don't know what it was like watching it on TV, for obvious reasons. Oh yeah, you were there. So, you? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, it was very different, but I, I think they're probably on par with each other. I'd have said. Yeah, possibly. They both had the element of not knowing who's going to win until right at the end, which is always a good thing. Yes, that is always a positive. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I've just brought up Verstappen. And unfortunately, he and Raikkonen had a bit of a nightmare going into turn one, which neither of their faults, in all honesty. Uh, a yeah, certain I think it was other finishman. Those... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was just one of those things, to be honest. It kind of looked like a racing incident. It, well, it officially was classified as one. It was just three into that doesn't go. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you can kind of get there two by two, but I think three's a push, and you'd got... Bottas up the inside, Raikkonen in the middle, and then Verstappen, which in a sensible position, I had just trying to stay round the outside and out of trouble, thinking yeah. can yeah. get a good good run into turn two and round into three. So his, his logic's spot on, but you'd rely on somebody else not being punted across the track yeah. into the side of your car, yeah, yeah. which unfortunately happened when the two fins came together. Yeah, so. I don't think Bottas was necessarily trying some outlandish move that was never going to come no. off, but at the same time. They were both going into the same space. Really, it was pretty. It was close, but yeah. I th- I think if there'd been any kind of intent in there and like sort of putting the car somewhere it shouldn't belong, it uh, shouldn't be, we wouldn't have seen the no action taken by no. the stewards. I think we'd have seen some form of penalty for him. Mm. So, bit messy though. Yeah. It was when they're three of the best drivers on the grid as well. Yeah. You know, further down the grid, I wouldn't say you expect it, but it's more common. Yeah. When you're talking about the the back markers and stuff, but three, well, two potential world champions and a former world champion, you'd expect to maybe get out of that scenario. But there you go. Stuff happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it it's does. Racing. That's racing. <clears throat> it is racing. Master and Alonso got caught up in that as well, didn't they? Because a lot of after Alonso's heroics, he just got punted off onto the grass and kind of. Yeah, it was it was Max skipping back on track, which yeah. to, to be no brutally control. honest, yeah, there was nothing he could do. You know, no. his front right wishbone had gone. Uh, Kimmy was in a similar position with his left front wishbone. They both like absolutely destroyed the front suspension on respective corners, and it just kind of bobbled back onto the track out of control. Yeah. And Massa swerved to avoid him, wheel to wheel with Alonso, which unfortunately pushed him out onto the gravel and sent him back a good handful of places and way out of the points at that point and he kind of struggled to make up the ground after that really didn't he mm. they were looking not to they were looking no one got t-bound in that accident 
Mm. That was a really, really close one. Because when Especially you, when, you've got no steering, you're just drifting across the track. Well, Raikkonen yeah. just like ran right back into the middle of the track after turn yeah. two, didn't he? And people going either side of him, which is yeah. always scary. Yeah, right. it's terrifying. <clears throat> yeah. And so, yeah, Alonso lost a whole bunch of places. Um, picked up a load of muck in his tyres. Yeah. The gravel. Um, yeah. yeah, it wrecked his race, didn't it, really? Kind of ruined Masses as well, because he ended up with a puncture on the back of it, um, which dropped him all the way to the back of the field. Uh, mm. So it's it kind of ruined both races. But yeah. again, it's one of the things that can't particularly be helped, can it? Like, that you know, if he if Massa didn't do what he, it was, he did, he'd have ended up in the side or the back of uh, Verstappen and yeah. yeah yeah for sure it'd it definitely been race over at that point yeah so it, it was just it was a bit all a bit chaotic through to <clears throat> one two and three yeah yeah um we saw a little bit of a tussle between Science and Magnussen <laughs> with Argy Bargy on the pit exit yeah yep, Science decided to uh take to the grass <laughs> yeah that seemed a bit I'm not sure what he hoped to achieve with that no. I think he was just channeling his dad, thinking, <laughs> if dad can do it, I can do it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, that, because I, I would not call that an unsafe release. No, it was I don't think it even got, even got questioned as one, because it was, it was one of those scenarios where they both came out at pretty much you know, an identical time, they were, and they were obviously in grid slots right next... Uh, sorry, pit slots right next to each other. Yeah, the mechanics wouldn't have had time to yeah. react to stop them going out it was that close together but yeah so whether Magnussen was a little slow on uh, in terms of speed on the limiter because Science clearly to. had a good run at him um, but I think going round the way he did is not <laughs> Signs definitely seemed to launch out of his pit box a lot quicker didn't he yeah yeah mm. but so, um, yeah bit, bit once you're behind on you're not going to it would have been better just tucking him behind and having to go into turn one, really. But yeah, yeah. that's that's what I, don't, what I don't understand. Like, why why wreck your t- you got fresh tires on? You're just going to go yeah. the grass straight mm-hmm. away and ruin them. Silly. Yeah, Little bit and silly. I think the other thing as well is if Magnussen was far too slow in the pits, he'd have been called back for that anyway. Mm. Uh, in terms of being, because you can obviously be as much as you can be too fast in the pits, you could be too slow. So, um, yeah. Um, so later on in the race, we saw Ferrari attempt an undercut on Merck, but the um, they seem to use Bottas as a bit of a weapon to hold up Vettel. Do you, yeah. do you not think? <clears throat> and they they also they almost seem to trick Ferrari into pitting earlier than they wanted to as well, yes. didn't they? I think this is the, probably the first race this season where Mercedes hands down outdid Ferrari on strategy. Yeah, they yeah. took the initiative, didn't they? Yeah, kind of I think they had to. to- yeah, they like forced them to go for the undercut and then just yeah left Bottas out there. Yeah, there's uh, the widest Mercedes in the world for a while. Yeah, they, they played yeah. it beautifully. I thought that. Yeah, they really did. As a team, sort of, it is a team sport, and that is the ultimate showing of a team unity. I'd say. Yeah, and he did yeah. an awesome job of defending against Vettel for a couple of laps. You know, yeah. Ferrari on fresh tires, and he still held him back. Mm. There was um, the first time he tried to pass him into turn one round the outside, and Bottas just kind of. Held it there, hung him out on the outside, sort of thing. Yeah, ultimately led to one of the better moves of the race, though realistically, didn't it? Yeah, it was a great move. It was getting it a was bit bold. Yeah, getting out on the grass with the yeah. with the rear wheels yeah. that could have ended in tears. Yeah, it must have just he <laughs> must have uh, take been trying to take a leaf out of science book. <laughs> yeah, do it right. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is how you do it, Mister Science. 
<laughs> Interestingly, the rule that was changed because of Max Verstappen, or the rule that was there because of Max Verstappen that's since been removed about the way you can move on the track in braking zones and stuff, that was there, wasn't it? Uh, I yeah, I think it was, actually. I'm well, sure it, it, that, was, that was one of the places it came up anyway. Yeah, that uh, maybe that was the final straw. Like, it had happened at China and stuff, and then it happened there, and that was it. It's like, there's a rule for this now. And now it's gone. We're seeing interesting defending yeah. and interesting moves come yeah. out of it. Although Vettel's that, swerving wasn't, was still before the braking zone, wasn't it? So he could still kind of yeah. do what he wanted at that point. Yeah. Definitely. He kind of sold him the dummy pretty well. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't think did, did he did he really move make two moves? They were saying on the commentary that they looked like he made uh, two moves, but I don't think he did. He definitely he, went left and then cut back across to the right. It's, yeah, he he sort of drifted to the outside to sell Vettel the inside, but then actually made his move. And the the first move to the outside to sell Vettel the inside, I don't think was a a full on move. That's it, the thing. But the, obviously, like, the one across the blocking was what what <clears throat> constitutes a move. Yeah. It's a bit of a grey yeah. area, really, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't see anything wrong with it, though, myself. No, exactly. Yeah. I'm the same. So, um, not long after that, we saw um, a third suspension destruction of the day, and <laughs> it was Stoffel van Dorn who uh, came away from a strange decision to turn into a Felipe Massa yeah. as he was overtaking him. It was a, speaking of McLaren bashing, <laughs> he just bashed himself into Massa for... It's just a really strange choice, wasn't it? I'm not sure what he was thinking there. No, I I heard him um, quoted afterwards as saying that he didn't think Massa was going to make the move, but you saw how he knew Massa had closed on him, but he didn't think he was going to make the move. And well, maybe that's it. Like if you look at the onboard, Massa came from so far back just because of the speed difference. Yeah. Maybe you didn't expect him to be there, but yeah, I think I think that it did look as though he'd not spotted him to make. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. why would you you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn in, would you? Otherwise, if you knew he was there, why would you drive into him? Yeah, weird. Especially one, if he's on the inside. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but that triggered a virtual safety car. Um, and just to point out, Van Dorn actually has a three-place grid penalty for Monaco because of that. Being that confirmed seems after harsh. the race. Just to point that out, uh, they have to be harsh on this stuff, though. Like the standards I'm... need to be such that. You don't drive into people. There like is, that. there is some sort of not quite head-on footage, but some footage from turn one, sort of looking towards the cars as they come at turn one, and you can quite clearly see Stoffel Van Dorn looking in his mirror at Felipe Massa, yeah. who's right behind him at this point, like right behind him. So, I'd probably say that when they're reviewing things like that, they've seen that and they've seen. You can clearly see him there at that time and how close he is. For you to not give him racing room is a misjudgment on your part. Whether you think he's going to make the move or not, I think you need. They're probably saying you need to be prepared to for him to attempt it because of where he is, and you yeah, can clearly see so. where he was. I think is maybe the message they're going for. I don't know though. Mm. But yeah, it's three places. It's. Probably not going to affect yeah, a McLaren probably, a whole amount. Yeah, to be fair, it's probably three places back from 17th anyway. So, <laughs> Although Monaco is probably their best chance of scoring points. So that's true. Not yes. ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a Ferrari faux pas during the. Um... To be honest, I don't think Ferrari or Mercedes did a great job of the virtual safety car. Me neither. 
because they both carried on for a good two or three laps before they finally decided to pit. Mm. Um, and as Hamilton was in the pits, the virtual safety car ended, and then Ferrari yeah. came in a lap after. So neither of them really got the full advantage of it. Do you not think that that is Mercedes trying to push that limit, though? As in, they had a feeling that Ferrari would stay as long as Hamilton was out, and maybe they were just trying to push it and push it and push it to the point that it was about to go to cause that. Because, like Vettel himself afterwards said, they lost about eight seconds easily because mm. of that, which they will have because. Like, you know, as Hamilton's coming down the pits on the pit lane limiter, pretty much everybody else around the track is driving at a very similar speed to the pit limiter. So you, you're you losing yeah. just the few seconds that you're in the box almost, uh, a little more than that in, you know, net terms. But yeah. it's it's a lot more an acceptable time to pit, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the 20-odd seconds you normally lose in a pit stop. Yeah. yeah. So... But, the, yeah, like you said, though, the, the safety car did... Actually, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Because what they were doing were they were effectively hanging Ferrari out to dry, weren't they? Yeah, I guess so, that's yeah. what I mean. They knew Ferrari were going to pit if they pitted, and if they pitted a lap sooner, then Ferrari would have got the exact same advantage that they got. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And I mean, uh, it almost worked as well because they came out side by side. Yeah, yeah. So well, well, ultimately, well played, it did work. Well, yeah, yeah. It did work. in the end, it worked. It didn't quite yeah. work the way I think they wanted it to because yeah. you still had to make the pass on track. But it gave us some really good stuff to look at. So that, I'm going to say that was a good move. I was just about to say that sort of led us into an awesome little battle into turns one and two as Vettel comes out the pits, um, puts him side by side with Hamilton, who's on fresh tyres and at full pace. And we saw him go through one and two side by side and a little bit of a bump and grind. Yeah. <laughs> And then and there's a the whole thing with Hamilton not going round the bollard, which they're supposed to do. Which I'm quite surprised he got away with, to be honest. I heard some clarification on this, if you'd like it. Yes, oh, please. that'd be great. Uh, the clarification on why nothing was said to him about it is that the situation before the race was described to the drivers as if you hit or have to go around the sleeping policeman speed bumps you then must go to the left-hand side of the ballard mm, upon okay. returning to the track. If you were on the rumble strips and that inside part of turn two, just to the right of the sleeping policeman and the, the speed bumps, you were fine. And that combined with the fact that he was trying to give Vettel as much racing room as possible yeah. and was bumped across meant they didn't even question the fact that he came straight back on. Yeah. That's so, ah, there we almost go. exactly my thinking at the end there. It like, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I, I thought I, when it happened, I did think, ooh, it might be a yeah. bit pickle here. But um, actually, like when when I saw that they'd let him off, it did make a lot of sense because a for yeah. the show, why are you going to ruin the race for the lead? Like that seems because it really would have done. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be negative for Formula One. Instead of us all sitting here talking about what a great move it was and. and how exciting that part of the race was, we'd be talking about how rubbish it is that the FIA have wrecked what could have been a great yeah. race. So um, good job there for the, for the on the stewards for uh, not giving them the penalty. Yeah, and not long after that, uh, Bottas, the old faithful engine that had done him four races up to now, finally gave in Yeah, on lap 40. Uh, but as we said before, I think it was inevitable just because of the condition the engine was in already. 
you know, it was already kind of nursing it around the track, I think, to a That's, certain I think, extent, wasn't it? I think, sadly, given the pace he had got anyway, he had sort of done his job at that point by holding Vettel up, hadn't mm. he? Yeah. 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 You get the sense that they probably knew that at some point that engine might blow up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you saw the, the scenes after the race in the Mercedes garage, but he didn't look best pleased and he wasn't no. really up for celebrating with the team, no. was he? Yeah, uh, didn't Nicky Lauda try to give him a hug and he was just a bit awkward about it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of stood there with his arms by his side like, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're finished, we do not show emotion. <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we do not do man hug. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, not long after that, Hamilton retook the lead. Lap 44, quite fitting. Yes. Oh, was it lap 44? It nice. was indeed, yeah. Ah, cool. Because oh. by that point we had Hamilton on the softer tyres, Vettel on the harder tyres. Oh, well, yes. mediums. Um, so yeah. Hamilton was catching him fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, he, it, had, it, he had one going to turn one and uh, didn't quite come off. And yeah, then, he, got, he got a couple of poor exits on the previous last yeah. year in the final corner. Yeah. That, that but then the second try, he just like steam past. Yeah. Like like a train, as Vettel said. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was like a train. Um, I think that was also contributed to the softer rubber, though, as well. Just, yeah. just better traction out of the corners and stuff, like onto the start-finish straight and things like that. But, yeah, yeah there, there was always a sort of a tyre fight to go to the end where yeah. Hamilton will have had those on that long that it was going to go to the end and Vettel would hopefully come good as Hamilton was dropping off, was Ferrari's plan, I imagine. Yeah, they did yeah. talk about plan C, which was to pit him again for another set of softs, but um, yeah. I think he'd have needed to be going like two seconds a lap quicker to make up the time, which at that stage probably wasn't going to happen, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, not only yeah. that, it, it would have been... It really, they needed to do it a little bit sooner than what they were yeah. saying that as well. They'd already missed yeah. the boat, I think, on that one. Yep. Um, did did anyone see Verline's little mistake that cost him five second penalty? No. What happened to him? I, I saw that he got a penalty, but I didn't see yeah. the actual. Yeah, they never actually showed it. Um, no, it was the bollard, wasn't it, on the pit entry? Ah, every year someone does that. It yep. sounds to me like it was under the virtual safety car. They made a last minute call or something, so he dipped in and just went the wrong side of the bollard. Yeah. Is what I would assume happened, but. It was a last-minute decision, as far as I know, yeah. and he was, like you say, he was already past the Ballard, so he's, he's gone the wrong way. Yeah, um, which he was running seventh at that point, wasn't he? He yeah. spent most of the race running seventh. Yeah, which is really impressive. Yeah, even if you take out the fact that you've lost a, you've lost the likes of Verstappen, Raikkonen, and Bottas at that point, mm. that would still put him like sort of tenth. It'd still put him in the points. So, yeah, it's so they've they've Cyber have gained good points, um, quite early in the season this year, which is good for them. Yeah, yeah, it puts them ahead of a certain other team, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who are now rock bottom. Carlos Sainz said, um, the fact that the Renault engine didn't beat a year old Ferrari engine is a desperate situation. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised to see how. Um, how easily the Sauber was able to defend against him on the straights. Because he had a torrid time behind that, yeah. didn't he? He just couldn't get past the thing. He really did. And 
ultimately, the only reason science has come above um, Verline in the final standings is because he was within that five-second gap. Yeah. Verline just didn't pit again, ran to the end, and the penalty was picked up at the end of the race. Um, luckily for him, he only lost the one place to science in the end. Oh, but, that's good. I was going to ask how many... Yeah, just one, yeah, so he finished just, eighth. Just lost him the one. Uh, there was... Mm. There was a point where he could have lost um, at least two or three places and he'd have been lucky to hold on to the points finish, I think. But there was a little bit of a clash between Kvyat and Magnussen towards the end, which Magnussen picked up a puncture from. And I think that little clash just dropped both of them back far enough to, to get them out of that penalty window for Verline yeah. to stay ahead of them. So, But yeah, a good drive from him, I think, really. It's, yeah, really a shame that, it's a shame that he ended up in the situation he did and didn't pick up an extra point. But yeah, um, he, uh, he, uh, he badly let me down, actually, past hmm. Verline today. Actually, yeah, looking at that. the pit stops, he he pitted on the lap the virtual safety car came out, so I'm going to assume, yeah, it was a last-minute decision. Yeah, Which, and that was his only stop, wasn't it? He just did the one, if I remember rightly. I think you might be right, yeah. Um, which check. I guess you could argue that even with the penalty if he didn't pit then he wouldn't have got the advantage so maybe he wouldn't have finished that high up anyway no but I think between team and driver it's good good strategy call isn't it I think it's yeah. the thing that you're looking at there really you've got to take advantage of those kinds of situations yeah definitely so, uh, would you consider him for driver of the day yeah quite possibly I think yeah because, I agree um, Definitely putting that car somewhere it probably shouldn't be. Well, when you compare him to Ericsson, who had like a nothing race. Yeah. Um, although, in fairness to him, he finished 11th, but I don't remember seeing him on track unless he was being lapped or something. <laughs> like I kind of forgot Ericsson was there. It was just yeah. the only the only Sauber I really saw was Verline. So. You know, Verline started in 15th and finished yeah. in 8th. So that's a... 8th officially. 7th on the road, 8th officially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good drive. Yeah. Then I've again, got, I've got a lot of time for that. I mean, you've always got to add on the four DNFs, but uh, even so, <laughs> still impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Four Cindy guys were pretty solid. Would you yeah. consider either of them for a drive of the day? Yeah, I or... mean Perez. Where, where did Perez start? He was Perez down in. Started... Uh, they were just let me go back to my qualifying notes. They, they started were eighth and eighth tenth. and tenth, respective. Yeah, Perez and Ocon. So to turn that into fourth and fifth is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. I think we can also nominate Raikkonen as driver of the day for hanging out with that little kid who burst into yes. tears in the grandstand. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Little Thomas. Oh, poor yes. kid. Yeah, Did he's... it was so good. His mum was. was crying as well yeah. at one point. I think, I think that was just because of how upset he was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, it must she... be heartbreaking, that, to see a kid that upset. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I felt, I felt so, so sorry for him. Because you could tell how much that really meant to him that yeah. he was good. And but then when you saw um you saw him watching Vettel, they kept cutting back to him and like Vettel was sort of making good moves and he, he was all up for it again after that. But <laughs> yeah, it was really good for the Ferrari team, whoever made that call to yeah. say, Let's go find this kid and bring him back to meet Kimmy because Kimmy's his favourite. So Yeah, and I saw a picture of him in the Renault garage later on as well and um, <laughs> I think Pirelli gave him a bit of merch and stuff. Oh yeah. wow! He's Did, literally had the day of his life. Yeah, hasn't he? yeah. And did you see him? He was underneath the podium as well, wasn't he? Yeah, was he was down with with where the uh, the teams stand. So he was down there. The drivers must have just been like, "Who's this kid?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean? 
I'm going to cry next time I go, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just a week. Ferrari young driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's like Charles Leclerc's successor. <laughs> when Charles Leclerc moves on from the young driver program, it's Thomas <laughs> from France. Uh, did you see the little interview that Sky Sports did with him? Ted Kravitz interviewed him. That's good. <laughs> Ted, yeah. Well, they were talking to his dad. He was talking to his dad initially, and then his mum a little bit. But then Ted speaks French, and the little kid only spoke French at the age he was. So <laughs> they were just having a little conversation in French. And his mum was saying they got a cat at home called Shumi because they all love Ferrari oh. so much. Oh, that nice. Shumi the cat's quite a nice name for a cat. It works quite well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's move back, away back from to that. Formula One. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the, the nomination for Kimmy, like honourable mention for, yeah, for doing that for him, definitely. Uh, what about move of the day, guys? Uh, um, Vettel on Bottas. Yeah, it's got to be wheels on the I brass. I think it is for me. Combined with Bottas defending from Vettel. Yeah, the lap before. Yeah. yeah. Um, that but whole that, that whole. Battle was great, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The whole, yeah. I'm just saying the whole battle was brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Probably the best bit of it all. And it, again, a bit of a mention for the side by side action between Hamilton and Vettel as as Vettel exited the pits because yeah, I think in a lot of scenarios, lesser drivers maybe one would have come out a lot worse off than what they did between the two of them. So I think to to come out of that like the way they did was good for the show. Yep. Mm. Should we do the soundbite and go into the the infamous section now? Yep. Let's go. Out of the race goes Pecky Inui. And Maldonado tries to go around the outside of him. They almost touch, but they're not quite. But it was he overrolled it! Oh, Hamilton's in the wall! Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Nominations, guys. (laughs) Um, I mean, Stoffel did a really stupid thing. Just yeah, turning on Mass yeah. from breaking his suspension. Um, yeah, I can't really blame anyone in the turn one incident. No, I was just thinking that that was. I think that was definitely a racing incident, wasn't it? I, I initially wanted to blame Bottas as soon as I saw it. I thought, oh, this is a candidate. But then I sort of saw the replay after replay, and I sort of yeah. realised more and more it's just racing incident, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah. I'd go with Stoffel personally. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think I'm uh, I'm on board with that. Sorry, Stoff. Sorry, mate. It's not been a good weekend for McLaren, has it, really? Nice. After the joys of uh, qualifying. Imagine yeah. a bad weekend for McLaren. Who'd have thunk it? They are having flashes of, of decency, but... Um, yeah. No cigar on this occasion, I'm afraid. No. Yeah. Um, just, I'm just thinking... To, I'll do a very, very quick just run through where everybody was in a, in a rough order of where they finished, yep. but... Uh, so McLaren, as we've said, Alonso first lap incident kind of knocked him back. Ended up finishing twelfth uh, with a DNF for Stoffel after his bump with Massa. Um, Sauber, as we said, Ericsson wasn't really spotted all the way through the race and finished eleventh. Great drive from Verline to um, run seventh for the majority of the race once he inherited that position. But uh, in the end, the penalty put him behind Sainz to eighth. Uh, Renault Palmer had another terrible weekend and finished all but one. Sorry, last but one on the road in fifteenth. Uh, a good drive from Hulkenberg to bring it home in sixth. That's such a gulf between those two again, isn't it? Yeah, that's. I do, as much as it pains me to say it because I like the guy in GP two and I always wanted to see him graduate up. I think that his days are starting to become numbered. I think so as well. Yeah, do we feel like the one of the cars is getting maybe a bit more development than the other? 
Possibly. But they've not really mentioned anything about new parts or anything like that, have they? Because they're not expecting to bring a new engine until... I forgot what race it was. They said they were bringing new engine developments at a later race in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they've actually been quite non-committal about it. They, they, they originally yeah. said Canada, and then they've sort mm. of... That was it. And then they've they've turned around now and said maybe not Canada, maybe later. Yeah. And that's all. That's really all they've said. In a similar yeah. way to McLaren, McLaren have done the same thing as well. They originally yeah. targeted Canada. And but that's, sure that's three races in a row now. Hulkenberg has scored points, and Palmer's yeah. still on zero. Yeah, so the car the car itself is not that bad. It's like as in Palmer cannot blame the yeah. car really, can he? It's it's a situation he's in at the minute. Yeah, he needs to get his head straight. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yep. Uh Williams a bit of a weekend to forget, baby. Uh the bump that with Massa and Alonso and then again with um Stoffel basically caused him to have just a terrible time running at the back for a lot of the race. Um, but he did eventually manage to claw back a few places and finish 13th. Uh, Lance Stroll had a bit of an anonymous day and came home last on the road, 16th. It's not good, is it? Mm. Martin Brundle was saying in uh, commentary that it still looks like he's fighting the car and like throwing it around and overdriving it, which... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. You've got a question if he's there too soon, haven't you? Well, the thing is, when you think about his trajectory, he has come up pretty quick. He was doing yeah. Formula 3 last year. Um, now, normally, you'd at least be in GP3, which is probably a bit closer to the F1 standards, and it follows the calendar, yeah. doesn't it? So, yeah. I think... You, but then again... Kvyat came from GP3 straight into F1, into Toro Rosso. And although he was quick, look what's ultimately happened with him. He's, he's been pushed too far mm. too quick, made his mistakes at Red Bull, and now he's, he's suffering yep. a, a downward slide because of that. So there is something to be said about maybe actually holding these guys back a little bit and sort of putting them through that F2 route yeah. to, to come at least through that series first. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, obviously you've got Verstappen who kind of is the exception, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before, hasn't it? Grosjean. Grosjean, when he was yeah. first in... And he's luckily had a second bite of the cherry, but when he was first in Formula One, he wasn't really ready for Formula One and he was no. all over the shop, spinning no, not pirouettes all. everywhere. And, and then when he came back, he had his incidents with his crashes and picked up his suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, oh, was that? Yeah, it was. He sort of he came in, wasn't doing very good. Went away to GP two, I think, and won GP two, if I remember rightly, or at least did well. Mm. Then came back and smashed into Alonso a few times and <laughs> got a lot of yeah. trouble. But he's where he is now. He's not yeah. doing too bad. Yeah, he's all right. He's straightened it out. Yeah. S- speaking of, we'll move on to Haas. Um, the late puncture for K-Mag that we mentioned after he clashed with Kvyat pretty much through his own doing from what I remember seeing. Uh, but he dropped from in the points, running ninth, I think, at the time, down to 14th. Yeah. Um, and Grosjean stole some points in 10th because of that. Um, but didn't really see much of them, did you, through the race? No, not at all. No. We were very very yeah. much focused on uh, the fight at the front, which is which I have no problem yeah. with, really. On a Understandable, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. Uh, double points finished for Toro Rosso with Kvyat in ninth and Sainz seventh. Um, but he literally just couldn't get past Verline on the road. Whether he'd have been able to chase down anyone ahead of him, uh, I don't know. But yeah, just struggled getting past that that Sauber. You get the uh, impression that even though they're still scoring points fairly consistently, they're disappointed still. I think they expected more from that car. This yes, year. definitely. Yeah. Especially with the aero similarities. We expected more of it, didn't we? If you remember, early doors, we were looking at the aero similarities between that and yeah. Mercedes, thinking this could be a contender in the way that Force India and take mm. the fight to Force India for that bite at the midfield, sort of best of the midfield kind of stakes. But yeah, speaking of Force India, another double points finish for them. And they are now the only team on the grid to still have a perfect points finishing record this season. Yeah. Go for India. Got a lot of time for that. And well. and still in damage limitation mode. Yeah. Looks aren't everything. <laughs> right? Who knew? <clears throat> Let's yeah. hope they don't get docked all their points for not having the numbers on show properly. Yeah. <clears throat> so that'd be a really harsh docking of points, wouldn't it? Watch yeah, them introduce a B spec car now that looks gorgeous and it's just slow as you like. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, Perez was fourth in the end, Ocon fifth. Um, Red Bull, uh, we all know what happened to Max at turn one. Um, Daniel seemed to be in no man's land through that race, um, comfortably ahead of the Force Indias, but absolutely nowhere near the front two. Yeah, it was like 50 seconds, was it, I think, in the end? I think it was even more than that by by the end. But Um, then another 30 back to the Force Indias. He he was in a position where the lead two were... Um, they'd lapped everybody, including the Force Indias, yeah. and they weren't too far away from him, as far as I know. So yeah. he was he was making jokes afterwards, saying, if they'd have lapped me, then crashed into each other and took each other out, but the race was over, <laughs> would I have to do an extra lap to unlap That's myself? That's a great or, question. <laughs> or would it just end because they were on the lead lap? When and So what would happen? That's Ooh. a really good point, actually. <clears throat> which makes sense because obviously if, if they start the final lap then lap him that's his last lap they then crash into I don't know turn 10 take each other out he comes trundling through and is like do I do another lap he'd do actually I only do done that? 65 laps at that point wouldn't he yeah, yeah. that's really so, interesting interesting what's betting they don't do anything about that theory and just let it happen and have no answer for it when it probably yeah <laughs> yeah I'd I'd have thought that Ricardo would have to do the extra lap. I would think so as well. I think because the, the checkered flag's not actually being waved. Yeah. It's when the first person completes the designated number of laps. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. So, but yeah, good jokes from Daniel's. Like he'll take a podium, won't he? Like why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> so yeah. I think that's his sort of thoughts on that. That Pretty podium in a a not competitive car at the minute. Is that the first Red Bull podium of the season? Mm. Uh, no, Verstappen had uh, third in China. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Good call. See, this is why you're the knowledge. <laughs> just use the stats, you're the knowledge, and I just talk. Yeah. Inaccurate <laughs> stats, usually. Um, but stats all the same. Ferrari. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Ferrari. Um, possibly a costly mistake for Vettel in the pits, pitting too late, or maybe forced into a... I think. They were never going to An unwise thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely got race pace, and... It's, you know, he had the potential to win that. I thought when he took off 
early doors uh, in the first stint, I thought that was going to be his race to go and manage. He was so quick that, in that first stint, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was. And that, that phase of pit stops under the safety car, re- well, the virtual safety car really changed everything. So mm. whether it's Mercedes forcing Ferrari into something or whether it's Ferrari making a bit of a mistake and misjudging it, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, I think the Mercedes, what I gather from watching so far, isn't is really bad at following other cars. Hamilton had to drop back to like two and a half seconds back to then get on his pace. Yeah. yeah. So that says that this car is very, very dependent on, on having clean air. Mm. Um, and I think Hamilton's thinking in doing that was so that he could save the tyres and switch it on once they make Ferrari pit. Yeah, because because they were ruining in and out of the things. They forced Ferrari to pit, didn't they, early on? Because they yeah. they made them think that that was going to happen, and Ferrari tried to cover them. Um, and yeah, it, to, to me, it looks like the Ferrari is actually much better at following other cars as well. It does seem that way. It does seem that way. The balance of it behind another car just seems to. It doesn't seem to be affected by the the wake that you get off the back of the other car, does it? Yeah. It doesn't seem th- to bother it. I think it's those big... Have you noticed on the side pods on the Ferrari that there's a whole lot of like flat, clean space mm. underneath the side pods? And I think that's cleaning up all that dirty air and making it into manageable air for the yeah. for that car to use. And if you look at the Mercedes in that area, it's just covered in like jagged edges and yeah. gaps and slots and all those kinds of things. And it just... To me, that says I'm a car that likes clean air. Mm. Yeah, which is n- absolutely fine when you're dominating a series like yep. what they have for the last few years. Um, Red Bull fell victim to a similar thing, though, didn't they? They had a car that yeah. couldn't necessarily follow. It was still quick, but it couldn't follow as well as other cars, mm. uh, which led to the ridiculous statements of Vettel might be fast, but he can't overtake. And it was absolutely nothing to do with Vettel and his skill set. Yeah. It was a similar position to what I think Hamilton and Bottas are finding themselves in, which is it, the car just doesn't run as well in that day, yeah. But it's a good observation, that, Stu. I like it, the, to, to the side pods. I'm not... I'd, well, I'd spotted it, but not to the detail that you have. So, very it's good. Just, just, just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> do you want to... Um, you seem to host the predictions now. Do you want to see how these results affect the predictions? Um, you do? Have we covered Mercedes yet? We just were, weren't we? I don't know. I suppose yes, no. Hamilton won. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that, that happened. <laughs> um, um, yeah, actually, yeah. We, we've basically covered all Yeah. We? Um, yeah, so predictions. Uh, oh, do we have to? Um, yes. I mean, it, if, there's, if there's anything we can predict accurately... In Formula One, in back of the grid predictions, it's that I will always fail to score points. <laughs> um, Tom, you've done rather well this week. I have. I was weirdly. This is the first time I've ever cheered when Kimi Raikkonen's gone out in a first corner incident oh. and been upset that Hamilton's overtaken Vettel. Um, <laughs> Just to point that out, priorities. So uh, and you, so yeah, so you got the winner. Um, sorry, you got the pole sitter. You got the first retirement, and you got the number of finishes. Yeah, um, correct. And almost, almost had the winner. Almost had the winner. Very close to having the winner. Would Would you have cheered if uh, Vettel had won? Um, I'd have been quite pleased with myself for getting four out of five predictions correct. Yeah. 
I, re- I, just, I honestly thought you were on for a clean sweep at one point. Yeah. I, was, I was sat there cursing to myself. I, well, I, I was sat there just watching it. Vettel was in the lead. Pascal was really throwing it out and he was sort of running in seventh. I was like, he's got to pit yet. He's not yeah. pitted. He's got to pit. And then he got a penalty. I was like, how far is I going to drop him? How far is I going to like... Yeah. I was actually wishing for bad things to happen to drivers in yeah. terms of their position, <laughs> which is not normally like me. I'm normally the other way around. But. It would be a mate, a clean sweep would be the first. Whoever gets the first clean sweep, we have to get them a gift. I think yeah, there needs to be some kind of prize for a yeah. five five point sweep. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, Chris, you uh, you didn't do so great either, mate. Big fat zero. Yeah, another big fat zero. Uh, obviously, yeah, I got a zero. That's life, guys. They pr- accurately predicted the winner, um, and so that gives them what's the, is that one point or is that half? It's a whole one point. point. It's a whole point. No? A whole point. Um, Paul Kelsall, he uh, accurately predicted pole man and winner Lewis Hamilton, um, gave himself two points, and it, I know why you've made me. You, no, you always do that. This is this has become your thing inadvertently. And I said to Chris before we started recording, just as you disappeared <laughs> off, and I said, Stu seems to have like started hosting the predictions himself, so I'm gonna let him run with it and see how he pronounces <laughs> our new uh, contributor's name. So we have a new contributor, everyone. Um, <laughs> her name is Ika Set. Oh. It's, I'm so sorry, Ika. Ika Setiawati, is that Setiawati. right? We'll, we'll go with that, Setiawati, Setiawati. yeah. Uh, from Indonesia, from? no less. Indonesia, what? International podcast status. <laughs> Officially. Listener. Didn't we have some in like Virginia in the USA as well at one point? Yeah, that one was the Spambot, I think. Oh, <laughs> Spambots are the best listeners. Um, yes, yeah, so Ika accurately, accurately predict... I can't even say normal words. I <laughs> She accurately predicted Hamilton for the pole and the number of finishers at 16. So well done, Ika. Um, you get two points. And you also get half a point for being the closest person to predicting Pascal Verlein's prediction accurately. You predicted 12th and he came 8th and everyone else had a, has a far grimmer view yeah. Yeah. of uh, Pascal Verlein's talents. I, I know I know you don't like me gloating and things when it comes to this <laughs> because I had the yes, yes, yes the other week, but mm-hmm. I've just got a soundbite from last time's show oh, that I'd, I'd just like to point out that I pretty much word for word predicted Raikkonen's thing. Can, can I do the flashback? Yeah, go Let's on. do it. Let's do it. Take us there. Do you know what? I'm going to go really left field like I did at the start of the year and just say Raikkonen. Ooh. Raikkonen. Just, some, just something mental to happen into turn one, like Bottas up the inside of Raikkonen and cleans him out and goes, that's for Russia last year. <laughs> <laughs> there you Ooh, go. Okay, that's that pretty my, good. That's quite fast. That hurt my neck, that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so Tom. You, do you respond? The, prof, the prophet, Tom yeah. King. <laughs> oh! Uh, <laughs> Has uh, you got yourself up to ten point five points, Chris? You're you you remain on six point five <laughs> points. The Dats Life Boys are on four points now, up from three. I remain moving ahead of half. you. Moving ahead of me. Oh, have they moved ahead of me? They yeah, they were behind you. Uh, Paul Kelsall uh, remains behind me on my three point five points. He has two point five points, up from yep. zero point five. And Ika, on a debut, has scored. Almost as many points as I've got. In so, well done, so what's, what, what's not good there, Stu, is that you have 
Paul, who missed two races, catching you. That's yeah. life, who missed one race above you. And Ika, who's only contributed to one, right on your tail. <laughs> well, well, let's just call it a bit of Gidder's location. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's gutting, isn't it? It makes... Yeah. That's it's three people beat us this week, Stu. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's um, bad that the, it's bad when the host don't score points. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to that same excuse, which is we have a distinct disadvantage. In I that agree. We can't yeah. see practice or qualify well practice beforehand. So, well I'll, done, guys. Anyway, for, for scoring points, I'll give you that. But yes, well done to contributors, especially Ika on a debut. Who yeah, actually, um, I don't think, had listened to the podcast. She just joined in on Twitter, so hopefully... She joined in. But yeah, she, legend. She, she had she had the f- utmost intention of listening to the preview show, but she wanted to make sure she got predictions and is what she'd said. Cool, so, well, uh, hopefully you're listening now. So, hi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hi, Ika. Thanks. Thanks for your predictions. And if you would like to uh, give us your predictions, listeners, you can give us them on our Twitter um, which is twitter.com slash back of the grid F1. F1. Yes. And oh, yeah, I don't even have them in front of me, and I just remembered that. Um, you can, <laughs> if, if you're feeling artistic, you could Instagram them to us on our you do we could. Have an Instagram. We do. We do. And that is uh, Instagram.com, I guess, slash. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> slash uh, back of the grid F1. Probably. Um, no, it's just back of the grid on just back on of the grid. Just yeah. just back of the grid, isn't it? and then our Facebook is um, back of the grid F one as well, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, just typing back of the grid. You're typing like back of the grid on things. We're the yeah. Worst hosts, aren't we? This is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to remember to put always it's... at the bottom of the page. It's, yeah, it's you that's saying it all, Stu. <laughs> well, it's a good time. Good time to say it. But um, yeah. Uh, so and that's the, that's the been... predictions covered <laughs> as has been proven joining late does not mean you can't get yourself well up the board. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um and if you would like any oracle advice my personal <laughs> twitter is tomking89 hit me up i'll let you know what's going to happen in monaco regarding jensen button yeah. any any uh, advanced predictions now for that or um gonna... someone will crash into an arm core barrier what oh. <laughs> all right septic peg <laughs> <Unbelievable>. <laughs> Cool. Um, did, did, just speaking of people crashing into barriers at Monaco, did you see that uh, Crashed Maldonado was in the. Um, the oh, he, yeah, Crashed reared his ugly head. Oh, didn't was he? he? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, Pastor, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he was. He was just saying how he's enjoying family life now and not racing anymore. So yeah. I think that means I'm a bit upset because nobody will give me a drive anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm did you see, enjoying, um, in inverted commas, my family life. Did you see yeah. the video the other day of um, Pastor's, I think it's his cousin or his nephew, has started racing in F3, I think. His I nephew? have not seen this. Uh, guess what he was doing in the video I saw. Crashing. Crash into two people, yes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Runs in the family. Do you think he's better than Bruno Senna? Who Pastor oh, is? Um... I haven't got it loaded in. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, no. Never mind. We'll not. We'll not offend anyone this week with that. We'll one. save let's, that. Let's, yeah. let's we'll save that for that. another week. Um, um, so yeah, I suppose we'll be back at some point between now and Monaco to do previews and predictions and all that kind of gubbins. Um, Stu's already done the or attempted to do the Twitter and stuff. <laughs> so just find us and follow us. <laughs> um, 
You two, where are you two available on the internet? Um, I'm on all the things at TNM Chris. Um, and also my other podcast is back again uh, this week, which is Don't Lose Your Headline, which is about weird news and stuff. So have a look at that at some point. That new episode should be up on Thursday, I think. I recommend it. I, I also recommend it. It makes me laugh lots. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, where I barely ever hang out, and um, it's Stu underscore PXMR. And there we um, have it. Yeah. And I will try to contribute more to my Twitter as a result. <laughs> if, if you follow, but only if you follow me. <laughs> so do they have to tell you that they followed because of the podcast? Or is it just uh, that if somebody follows you, you'll start it, doing the, more? Yeah, the, the the only people who are following me probably are going to be people who listen to this because I have such a bare-bones <laughs> existence on Twitter <laughs> that um, literally, honestly, I'm like a ghost. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think that brings us to a close for this week. Should we uh, say goodbye and go into the outro, chaps? Let's wrap it up. Bye. See you sometime between now and Monaco, folks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.